0: Welcome to the Hope a Thing A Native American podcast. I'm Melissa Atkins, the Training and Development Coordinator for the Native Learning Center. And with me is my co host, Brooke Warrington, the Training and Development Specialist, also for the Native Learning Center. Today on the show, we are excited to have Rolando Jaimez, Deputy Director of the Housing Division for Pasuyaqui Tribe. Hello. Thank you for joining us today. Can you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: My name is Rolando Jaimes. I'm uh, the deputy director here for the housing division at the Pascua Tribe. I'm also a member of the Pascua Tribe and I've been working in housing for a very, very long time, like about 18 years so far.
2: So 18 years, that's an extremely long career so far and you're doing amazing. What originally got you into that line of work?
1: So interestingly, I used to work for a different technology company that did um, procurement and, and so it was similar tasks but in a different industry for housing uh, for working for the tribe itself and so um, because of of that, that career change I ended up at the tribe um, they've been very um, helpful to me over the years and they've helped me develop professionally and so I'm really grateful to be a tribal member but also that the tribe itself um, cares enough to take care of their of their community in this way and so um, i was offered that that um, opportunity with maybe not necessarily having the full experience that i needed for the position but um, over time you have developed experience and have had plenty of training and so um, that's one thing that that um, as far as the tribe goes is something uh, positive to say about that
0: it sounds like you were very supported and that sounds amazing can you go ahead and tell us about the four phases
1: yeah. So, so uh, most recently here, um, uh, over the last few years, we in housing have had a great need uh, because just the the tribal members, um, the membership increasing very much, and so for the housing department, you know, uh, one of the main goals is to provide safe and affordable housing for our tribal members, and so how do we do that? Um, over the past, you know, time that I've been here. Uh, there's a, a government program from, from HUD, um, the Nahasda program, that um, gives tribes a, a a sum of money based on, again, a formula that, that's that been um, a pre-approved you know, for a long time. Uh, that formula gives the Pasquayaki tribe a certain amount of money, but that money is never enough to meet the needs that we have. Um, it, it lets us operate the existing uh, housing that we have, the existing rentals. Um, I think I think we have like 400 and, and, uh, 430 some rentals right now, four hundred thirty six, I think. So that's kind of under our management, but our, our waiting list at the moment is over a thousand families, and so obviously, oh. if we only have four hundred and some houses and we have a thousand people waiting, um, you know, there's obviously a need and so then these four phases came about a few years back where our tribal council gave us a a plot of a plot of land which is 40 acres they said housing go and and develop that for for future housing and so we went about hiring an architect or not an architect an engineer so that they can help us subdivide that that 40 acres Um, that process took a while because there was a lot of back and forth of what do we want it to look like? How many lots can we get in there? Is there usability of that land? Because we're in a flood, floodplain zone. And so, um, so all these factors had to come about. So then once we had an idea of what we could lay out, uh, we went back to council, back to the community, and got their input. We had three options to pick from. We ended up picking you know, one, of the, one of the three, and then we proceeded to move forward. And then so the next part of the planning was well how do we find money to build on this uh, plot of land that we that we've you know designed and so the that's where the uh, low income housing tax credit comes in um, we had applied previously for uh, other projects so uh, we've had at up to that point we had six projects already that were low income housing tax credit projects so again we focused on using that avenue to build and so initially again we thought let's build as many houses as we can get in there so we decided on phase one to go for 50 houses so that's that's probably um one of the largest projects on tribal land to do 50 houses using this program of low income housing tax credits so we're very proud of that because again it was a big chunk to take a big bite to take out of this this uh, uh, adventure for us, and so that um, that's how Phase One started. Phase One started right before we got into the pandemic, and so initially, you know, we got good good bids to build the, the units from the contractors, but then once the pandemic hit, you know, <laughs> all things turned right. So so now we had a plan for for COVID for the, you know, separation of of workers so that people could be kept safe. Uh, We also had um, uh, materials issues, you know, where where the materials um, were hard to get, they cost more to get. And so all those challenges, but that was phase one. Uh, While we were doing that, we said, well, how can we maximize the space that we have for more houses? And so then uh, with with the help the, of the director we had at that time, we decided to do like a townhome op- 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 option where it's building 27 more units in nine lots, basically. So, so we were able to put more houses in less lots. Um, and then in that process, we said, well, how can we still maximize our space? So phase three was to apply for another tax credit project, but this time it would be a multi-story, a five-story, 50-unit apartment building. And so so now we're able to put 50 families in a space of maybe four or five lots that that we merged into one. And so that's kind of the the evolution. And then that gets us to phase four, which again is a multi-story, four-story building this time. But again, now now we're gearing it to helping elders, uh, seniors. And so it'll be 45 units that will be able to house our seniors. And so on our waiting list, that that probably will cover all our waiting lists for seniors once we build that. So so again, um, that's kind of like the four phases and a very short summary here.
0: I have an added on question real quick. Um, Are there any qualifications that you have for any of the housing?
1: Qualifications like who can be in there? Yes. Yeah. Okay. so yeah, the the tax credit program um, gives us parameters. Uh, One, obviously they have to be low income. And so um, normally, like for what we um, house, it's 80% of the um, of what's considered you know an average um forgot the exact terminology at the moment but it's 80 percent. so what we're targeting is people that make 60 or lower so sometimes 60 50 40 even 30 percent of, of the media mean in, median income and so so that's one of the qualifications their that, that income has to be in, in that parameter um and then like for that senior one obviously they have to be seniors Uh, according to our definition here for the tribe Um, and so so those are some of the parameters um and then the state sometimes requires you know just you know different other things but mainly it's based on income our waiting list and then our demographic of who we said we were going to serve
0: thank you
2: while we're on the subject of parameters if you will um, what other types of projects could be funded through the low-income housing tax credit?
1: Well, m- mainly they're all geared towards again uh, families that are low-income. So they could be single-family residences. There can be the the townhomes that we're building. Um, they could be apartment buildings. So th- those are basically the the um, the main structures. Uh, there's other programs that are also kind of a tax credit. Uh, we're not too familiar with it. We haven't used it directly in housing. And so they, they, they can do other types of buildings. So the tribe um, um, has used those those type of credits to build like health facilities or our education building. Uh, so that, that, that has more leeway on what kind of buildings we could do. And so the tribe's taking advantage of that here in Tucson and also in, in Guadalupe, which is uh, by the Tempe area and Phoenix in that area. And so, uh, but but as far as housing goes, it it has to be obviously housing that we build, so.
2: Can it only be new construction like this project had?
1: No, no, great question. Yeah, so the program itself is for new construction, and it also is for rehabilitation, which also we've used in the the past. So our first two projects involve uh, rehabbing existing rental units. And so those had been built like in the 80s. And so when we went about and and rehabbed them, we were able to upgrade them to to the current standards for electricity and all that. We were able to put new roofs on these. um, Just, I mean, everything from the ground up, basically. it, It was basically a brand new house, but without having torn down the walls or the foundation of the house. So yeah, so it could be rehabs and it can also be new construction.
2: Okay, very cool. Um how let me pause. Um to circle back to the building that you had designed specifically for elders, was there anything about that build that was unique from the other homes?
1: Yeah, so so we're we're currently like planning that project. So we were awarded the credits um a few months back in June of, of this year, 2023. Um and so, when we initially put the application, we said, you know, we're going to target seniors. And so, we knew that we would build um, uh, features there that are senior-friendly and and also like ADA compliant in a way. Um, so, um, as part of the planning, you know, council gave us some of their suggestions on what they wanted. So, obviously, we're thinking like... Um, like in in this particular ones when you open the door there's going to be a little section where you can either put your groceries there or sit down as like maybe you take off your shoes so it's right by the door so that that kind of again has the elders in mind Uh, the bathrooms obviously will be all accessible for them with grab bars and and roll-in showers and those kind of things Um, there's going to be a built-in laundry area and it's close to where like the the bathroom area is. So it's all very like accessible to the elder without having to, you know, be going back and forth to different spots. Um, you know, we'll, we're, we're gonna do uh, things like the pull in case something has, uh, somebody falls and they can do a pull chain by their bedroom. So that there's all these features there that are geared toward making the seniors safe within their units. And then in the building in general, we have, um, some space that we're planning, so that social workers can go there and, and have appointments with the elders, versus the elder having to go to the social service building. Same thing with health, you know, clinics. They could have health clinics there in the building instead of making the seniors go to to an appointment outside of the building. So that's that's there for them. Um, on the fourth floor, there'll be a, a kind of like a conference area where they can have activities. And it'll have an open terrace that leads to the outside. And so they'll be able to enjoy the, the good views of Tucson Mountains um, from, from, the, from the building itself uh, up, up on that fourth floor. So yeah, we're very excited because uh, you know, we're, we're going to be able to serve as these seniors and and we feel like they'll they'll have a community setting within this building. And so it's it's uh, something that we're looking forward to.
2: That's so special. What thoughtful planning, too.
0: I honestly applaud you guys and your team on considering everything that you just mentioned and really thoroughly thinking out, well, how can they enjoy their lives? Will it make their lives easier? What do they need in their day to day? I think that's incredible that you took the time to think that and then you made it happen.
1: Well, and uh, now that you mentioned it, well, there's one other feature that we signed up for in, for the seniors that we're going to have a garden area for them, too. So initially, we thought we would put it on that fourth floor and they could have like a garden up there. But right now, it looks like it'll be adjacent to the building. But again, it'll it'll have that'll give a, a spot for the seniors to have activities and, and be there with nature and growing things. We have another section where we have seniors. Um, It's more of a kind of like an open campus area here on the tribe, on the reservation. And they also have a garden area. So that's very popular. So we're like, we wanna have that near this building so that the elders there can can also do that.
0: That is so wonderful. And I love that idea, just being able to grow your own food and bringing the community together. And it's just, it's beautiful. Um, circling back to the buildings, is there anything else that you thought of or your ideas that stand out from different housing projects?
1: Um, yeah, so so uh, we can get into one of the the dream projects that we have, but uh, for for the for what we're building right now for for this low income housing tax credit, an, another another thing when people hear low income they think very basic, you know, very like minimalist, like bottom, like what's the least we can give somebody to at least have a house? And so we we wanted to go away from that thought. Like we, we said, why should somebody that's living in our houses be any different than anybody else just because of their income? So so initially when we hired a, the architect, we wanted to make sure that these houses had a modern look and had a a very um, aesthetic that that somebody can say I live in that house and is proud of it um, because our tribe is is urban we're in the Tucson city and we're just outside of the limits of of the city but w- we're very connected to Tucson and so Tucson's you know a pretty good good sized city um, so so the, the tribal members here are used to having. Those those uh, amenities that that a city offers, and so again we wanted these houses to to reflect that that we have nice, visually aesthetic and usable units. So we we asked the architect initially, give us give us this vision, and then they came back and they it was really toned down. We're like, no no, that's not what we want. You know, we want you to go back and like create something that's really pleasing to see and and that's functional. And again, that fit all our parameters for ADOH. And so they did. They they went out of their way and and they um they impressed us. And so these homes are are very um very nice to to be in, to see and to live in. They're the 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 space is really well used because again we have limits of how big we can build with ADOH's requirements. But within that space these houses feel way bigger than than what they are um with that in mind you know obviously for tribes it's always uh, managing the the culture part of it too and so how do you like not go away from the culture part but also again make make the houses something where people are proud to live in and so you know again i, I feel personally like our our demographics of our tribe that again that we have a lot of younger tribal members that that want to feel like they're, they're living in a modern home and so so it was finding that balance and and again i think we pushed to the side of, of modern looking a little bit more than than normally we would have but we've also gotten great feedback from the community that they that these houses really stand out and that If you could put it next to some other house in another neighborhood that's affluent, like these houses would not lack anything.
2: Oh yeah, the homes are absolutely gorgeous. And we will be linking a presentation where all of you listeners can see pictures of the homes as well. They turned out beautiful. Um, During the project creation, we read that you ran into um, a cultural site being identified. What happened with that? What changed about your construction process?
1: Yeah, so that that was on phase one. Again, we were building fifty houses, and we had picked out the lots. And um, as as part of the the uh, you know the pre work that you do before getting started, uh, there was a cultural site that was identified, a possible cultural site, you know. And so we went to look at it. We found out where it's at and again we were we were trying to uh, get information from from our tribal resource person that that deals with that here and then with our neighboring uh tribe which is the Tahonaodon uh, nation and so so we wanted to make sure we we respected that regardless if it was cultural or not because we didn't we weren't sure and so um so but that that changed all our plans so we had to um Uh, identify that that where that site was at it was in a particular lot that we were going to build on so one we had to change that lot we we said we're not going to touch that lot we're going to go build on another one so that that meant a lot of redoing a lot of paperwork you know for for legal purposes and for construction purposes and so that lot was then protected and then um you know we 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 sought the the advice of again the the tribal resource people. And so at this point, you know, it's set aside um, for 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 it to be as part of the neighborhood. and um, and so yeah, that that created some some challenges for us. but but again, that was part of the nice thing of seeing everybody um, come together and and find a plan to to make sure that one we didn't touch it and but two that we were still able to make our project happen. And so uh, so yeah that, that was a fun time way back in the beginning of this project.
0: Any advice to give others working on tribal housing development?
1: Yeah, so so well, over the time that I've been here um, you know there's been changes to to um, the directors the management but um in the end again we got to remember who we're serving and we're serving tribal members and community and people that have a need. And so the, the advice I would give is just go for it, right? So sometimes, um, again, being here for so long, uh, it, it could be the trap of staying in this box where like this is the way it's been done and these are the four walls and this is where we're at. But but we have to break those walls. We have to like go out and, and, and be adventurous. And so, that's not easy because again, the the system that we that we work in, uh, particularly in other tribes that we've talked to, like we're all just used to that box. And and so, um, the thing I would say is is uh, to break out of the box is not easy, but it is doable. And the way I think you can be successful at doing that is by pushing pushing on that wall a little bit at a time. And so again, you know, we we started again with. This whole tax credit uh, program for us was scary from way back when we started it, which is almost 15 years ago with our first project. It took several um, attempts to get the council on board um, because it was very new to everybody. But we we kept pushing, we kept pushing. They accepted to do one project and then they accepted to do a second, a third a fourth until we got to six. And then we kind of got stagnated and so then, with with the um, the director we had at the time, again he started pushing, and he really pushed because again th- this took us to to the point where we have you know three active projects and we're working on the fourth one all at at the same time basically they all overlap to a certain extent. But the the I guess then going back to the point is just start small, but but start because um, if you don't start, you're going to be stuck in that box. Um, and so if you start little by little, you see that you got one, then you see you got the second one, and you just keep going until you, you push the envelope big. And by pushing the envelope big, I mean, for us, um, we we got again uh, from council a, a plot of land in, in the Guadalupe area. So again, our tribe is is the main part of it is in Tucson but we have a huge amount of tribal members in Guadalupe over there in the Phoenix area. So in that area, they gave us a lot that we could develop. And because of the studies that we did in the market, we said, let's go big. And so there we've designed a building that'll house like 80 apartments, luxury apartments. And the, the idea is to bring money into the to the housing department. So that that idea is under development. And that goes into like we said, let, let's, do, let's do big. And so we hired an architect. Uh, we, we told them, again, we want to have we we want to have luxurious things because in that area of, of Phoenix as the market is really apt for for luxury apartment rentals, which um, includes for us designing a pool that's on the roof right and it has a a a fire feature as well so it's like a pool with a fire and that was like a whole discussion of how to get fire inside of water right so <laughs> um but but that's that's again that was a, like that's a huge dream for us because it's still uh, under development it's still you know being designed and then we need to get to the point where we can fund it and build it um uh, but it all started again with, with a very small step, which is just going out and doing something that we had never done before getting this tax credits. Um, you know, without tax credits, really, the, the, the tribe itself wouldn't have been able to build all these units because, again, the Hazda is just not enough, it keeps us floating, but it's not enough to then build on that, and so, um. So yeah, I mean we're we're we have ten projects basically awarded to us at this point. Six that are complete, seven we're we're in the process of moving people in, eight and nine is almost um, you know under construction and almost done, and then this t- tenth one is is the one that we have right now currently uh, in the process. So how do we get there? Again, you got to just do one, and you just got you just got to insist and go for it. And so that's scary, you know, that that takes pushing, that takes um, believing in yourself. And uh, one one of the things that I've, I guess I've learned over time too, is like, you don't need to know everything because there's somebody else that knows it. You just got to be able to tap into it. So we've been able to successfully use um, a consultant for tax credits, architects, engineers, and um, it just has happened. And so I have the luxury of being here 18 years and seeing how how this has evolved and and it's really a, a proud moment to say like man I've been involved in, in every single one of these tax trader projects that we have on the reservation and off the reservation. So that's that's my piece of advice just just go for it you know be be willing to to push push the boundaries a little bit and you'll be surprised how far you can go.
0: Thank you so much for your kind words and all of your advice. I hope everyone listening is able to resonate with it and dare to be different, just like you were. <laughs> Absolutely. Your projects definitely speak very, very
2: highly to taking chances, pushing the envelope and, you know, allowing yourself to dream of something bigger, something more. I really love that you took um this idea that, you know, low income housing should somehow be less than and rejected that and said, that and said no, this, this is going to be beautiful, beautiful housing, homes that people are going to be excited to own, proud to own, you know, for generations to come. And, you know, that's what it's all about.
1: Yeah. And I think adding to that, too, because, um, again, the, the, pushing the envelope. So on the reservation, we've never done a multi-story apartment building you know again the, the the stigma is like oh i don't want to live in an apartment because they i i think people have a, an idea that apartment looks like what they see on, on tv and the movies like where it's everybody's crammed and it's like a a, a boring you know building that you barely can live in so again we, we we were trying to break that that thought by making the 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 building itself beautiful um again the the project number nine which is phase three um, that one has a, a rooftop terrace as well, so our you know our tenants will be able to hang out and on, on the on the top there. And again, they have these great mountain views that that are like very uh, very special because Tucson is surrounded by mountains, and and so when the sunset hits in that area, I mean th- those tenants are going to have beautiful views. And so again, but but that was the idea. Like we don't want to just tell people, oh, you're going to live in an apartment. We want you to feel like, hey, I want to live in that place in that building and so again that was the idea of, of the apartment
2: that's incredible and i'm sure everybody who's on the waiting list currently is going to be over the moon for once they're able to move into this
1: yeah we have many people saying like "What, what where am i in that list because i want to make sure i get one of those units
2: right <laughs> all right everybody on that note that brings us to the end of this episode Thank, thank you so much so to Rolando for joining us today. We hope that all of our listeners, listeners learned a lot. I know that we did. did. And as, as always, always, thank you for listening to the Hopatanga Native American podcast. If, if you enjoy our, enjoy our show, show, please rate and review us on, on Apple Podcasts, Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Also, also visit, visit our website, nativelearningcenter.com, to find information about upcoming webinar and virtual trainings. Virtual Be sure to come back for
0: more content. And if you want to contact Rolando, don't forget to see his email in the link box. Bye, everyone.